Hello and welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. I'm Gemma Cray and I'm very delighted to be chatting with Bodies, Bodies, Bodies director Helena Rains. So thank you so much for chatting with us. Thank you for having me. Oh, so I just want to say uh, a fabulous film, so full of energy, so funny. Um, getting to see it in the press screening, there was there was belly laughs. <laughs> but, it was, but it really, really, really landed. Like it's very enjoyable to see that as a... As a, as a shared experience as a comedy it's so different to your uh previous work which would have been yes. an erotic thriller <laughs> like yeah, yeah. there's a lot of psychological elements even though it is it is quite funny um I'm just wondering can you tell me a little bit about how you came to this project after Instinct yeah so A24 they saw Instinct I think in London actually at the film festival and uh, we started to uh talk to each other um and they they had this script um, that was completely different, actually, from what it became later. But at that time, uh, they they gave me the script, and I said, well, I don't know, you know, it's I don't I only do things that I create myself. Red Light, which is a show that's going to air here on Channel Four next week, I created, and then Instinct, and I don't even know how to do anybody else's work. But uh, I was intrigued by the game because the, the game was already there and the young people. And I played that game and we called it murderer, werewolf or mafia with my friends. And I would always be fascinated by it because it would end up in all these emotions. It's like, you know, it's straight up psychological warfare because it's all about are you lying? Are you telling the truth? And so I thought that would actually be a great vehicle to talk about group behavior and all of that. So um, we, we just, you know, we continue the conversation and then I pitched to them that I would make it into Lord of the Flies meets, meets Mean Girls. And then we came up with Which is a spoiler, of course. Oh, totally. Um, I was like, this is for the podcast. We're totally going to edit that out. <laughs> so yeah, don't worry. Thank you. <laughs> um, and so that's when they, um, yeah. And that's when we started to speak about a writer who could, you know, help me create that new idea, put it on the page. And then we found Sarah the Lab, who's a theater, a playwright, actually. And she's very young. Uh, and she came from a very elite school, so she had a lot of inspiration because we wanted it. We wanted to talk about, you know, youth culture and this generation and technology being so overwhelming. Um, and so we paired up and we just fell in love with each other, both coming from the same background as theater um, people. And yeah, so it was a great match. And there is, um, like, there is such a, a kind of playful youthfulness there, but it does say so much, like, and in many ways these kids are in lockdown <laughs> like the, it is it is mirroring that lived experience and that and then and then the the various dynamics that push and pull each other along the way like it's so character driven do you feel like that's your background as an actor coming in to to, to develop that story yeah I think also uh having done theater uh with theater group of Amsterdam where Ivo van Hoven was the leader and we basically did only classical plays so Ibsen Chekhov Shakespeare O'Neill I think living inside those plays for, you know, since I was 21, uh, Ophelia being my first part, it just gave me so much knowledge of dramaturgy. So that really helps. And also I think Sarah and I, and I mean, this is way too heavy because this film is so playful and entertaining, but the references that we had like Emma's Ophelia and Sophie's Platonov, and we had all the stage characters like figured out. So I do think that really helps to bring depth and layers you know, and of course, we, we, we made it contemporary and, and twisted and, and spinned those characters into people that we thought um, would be believable now and authentic now. But yes, I do think for both of us, that background helped so much to take a very commercial construct 
which is a slasher film. You, everybody knows what's going to happen. You know, it's a ritual. But we put our, yeah, our more like layered and weird and uh, theater background into those uh, characters. And can you tell me a little bit about, um, again, the casting process? How do you find your characters? How do you get them to cultivate such kind of, again, rich relationships that are evident on screen and and like that, like with the text as well, that you, you just get a sense as, as a viewer that, that there's such a, an intense history between them. So how do you achieve that? Yeah, um, I think I just told them because I knew nobody knew each other at all. So we found some of them through auditions, other ones we you know, directly approach because I already knew like, okay, I want to have Pete Davidson. I want to have Amanda Stenberg. Um, others, you know, did, did went through the audition process, but none of them knew each other. So of course I was so aware of, you know, having been in so many group scenes myself in different plays or films, being aware of how hard that is to pull off. I just told them like, listen, I think we should become a theater ensemble, you know, with the same kind of like dynamics and also being a theater ensemble with Eva van Hoven, you better be off book on day one of rehearsal. You know, there's a, it's almost like classical ballet. It's very old fashioned, you know? Um, and so I said to them, and what is the great thing about it is that you are a book and you're so prepared and you're in your costume and you know exactly everything, but then he will give you the freedom to come up with your own ideas and improvise and all of that. So I told them all of this and they really liked that. And we watched films together and we're like, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, which is of course a completely different film, but also one location and the acting is raw and vulnerable. And, you know, they really dare to go there with each other. And all of that, I think really made them hungry for that kind of um, process. And so we did do table reads and we rehearsed, uh, you know, back in the city of New York a, a couple of days. And then we went on location all together and we really went through the whole film. And I don't really like rehearsing emotions. I don't think you need to force your actors to already do the whole crying scene. And, but just physically, you know, to feel it out, to do the lines, run the lines, run, get really familiar and live inside the text and combine the text with your physical actions do all the stunt scenes, do all the fight scenes, discuss, of course, all the intimacy scenes and all of that. And so we went through the whole film. Once we start shooting, they're all prepared and they can actually let go and, and really welcome their emotions and, and, you know, and all of that. And there is like this, like watching um the film, I think it, it opens on a scene of, uh, of, of very, I think it's well captured intimacy. Can you tell me a little bit about shooting that? I presume you have um, an intimacy coordinator nowadays, like um, they're the quite young actors. How do you get that performance from it and, and make a set comfortable? I think what I love, love, love about intimacy coordinators is that you can actually get way more like authentic scenes than you would get without them. And I remember when I was with Instinct and I didn't have an intimacy coordinator then because it was just not a thing at that point. And I was at the London Film Festival and we had a big uh, panel about this. And I was talking to them and I was already thinking, oh my God, my next film, I really want to work with one. And so we had a wonderful intimacy coordinator on this film. And the great thing is she will, I, she will talk to me first where I will tell her like, listen, I really want the kiss because it opens with a, with a long French kiss between uh, two women. And I said, I really want that kiss to be real and vulnerable and I don't want it to look fake or like glam, like a glamour version of it. And it does feel, it does feel very truthful. And I think yeah. it, it, it takes, you're right, like that vulnerability to, to have that on, on stage. So yeah. And then she will talk to the actress individually. And, and that's so great because me having been an actress, nobody ever asked me that individually. I was just there at onset. The director would say like, oh, do you mind taking everything off? And you were like, okay, because there were like, there was time pressure and 
50 people. But when somebody would ask you that weeks before you do that, you, you also feel that you could actually say, well, I don't feel comfortable. And then you will come up with an alternative. So her, them being asked separate from me is so important, but politeness about feeling safe. And they were both totally up for it. And they, you know, but so, so all of that helps to actually create these very tender, real beautiful moments. And also I think it works because it's kind of like we're telling the audience, listen, we're going to go on this journey, but it's all about, are we animals or are we civilized? And sensuality and sexuality is such a big part of the primal sort of side of us. And later, of course, that comes into this very dark uh, uh, layer of our personalities, but, and it becomes violent. But in the beginning, it, it's beautiful with the, the birds and the bees and the beautiful paradise where they are in. And so to me, it was extremely important that that would be the opening. And yeah, thanks to them and thanks to the intimacy coordinator, we could pull it off. And the complexities of the politics of the group situation and yeah. how it changes intimate relationships when they're yeah. when they're in a, a kind of more public sphere and there's more people involved in it. And, and like it, it is, I suppose, yeah, that there is that psychological <laughs> element to it as well. Yes. Um, the pacing in this film is so very, very important. And there's not like, there's not a moment where there there feels like there's there's a lull in in action or or like it how do you achieve that keeping all those moving parts going keeping your characters arcs moving they must be a very difficult balance yeah it's difficult to balance because of course you have the fact that you only have one location which is one house or you know which which can be a little bit the danger of that is it becomes static or boring or so you have that. And then you have the murder mystery, which is, of course, really a mathematical puzzle in which you have to suspect certain people at a certain time. So there's that. And then you have this whole vision that I have, which is like everybody, it needs all to look like it's so organic and it's flowing and it's so energetic and everything you're saying. So I think just in preparation on the page and working with my DP for months, you know, I'm working with Sarah and then doing a big rewrite myself where you really are aware of those three different layers all the time. You you have a compass in your, or your plant a compass in your brain for, for you know, the energy level never dropping. Um, and at the same time doing the puzzle and, you know, and all of that. And of course the edit is a huge part of that too and creating the, the score and having the needle drops. And that can also, of course, you know, create this energy that you need because they never reflect. Because if they would actually sit down and be like, okay, so wait a minute, what is going on here? Of course the film would stop. So everything it was important that it would constantly move forward with agency but the film is so language heavy so you also have to deal with that you know the fact that all the dialogue but I think we really pulled off and that is really all the honor goes to the actors that even though there's so much language and so much text it still feels so entertaining you know and it still feels surprising and fun and just like fun to watch and fun to watch definitely like the humor like the pacing really works well with the humor because like that you've got some visual gags I don't want to spoil them but like someone has a run-in with like a kettlebell and like physical like physical props physical humor like the ridiculousness of the situation even the lavishness of the building itself is almost ridiculous to the point where it's where it's enjoyable but yet you're at the whim of these elements so yet you're in all this luxury but like you know the storm is overhead and and like like it's, it's a tempestuous situation that kind of that bubbles up with all this um like it's just it, like it is a perfect storm of a film but did it change much like did you have to kind of continuously tweak 
all that to get to have those jokes land because like that as well like it's no easy feat I think people are sort of slow to come out of their shells a little bit since COVID yeah yeah no you're right of course I think the the art of it or whatever you want to call it is to like when you're prepared like that like so for so many months and you 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 know you 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 have it all prepared and you know what you're going to do the danger of that is then that you're stuck you know because you know what you're going to do and you already drew it out in your hotel room so I think you have all of that and then you know just as life itself you let go in the moment and you're open and you keep listening and you keep tweaking and you keep so yes I was constantly open to the actors to improvisation also to change something to have the rhythm differently and then in the edit of course you're also doing a lot of work to make jokes land and you know and being able to do that so and with the music and the sound design so it's a combination of all of those things but the core of it is prepare like a soldier and then letting go in the moment I would say yeah, wow and again if there's anything that you could go back and tweak or like in hindsight because I mean you have a lot to pick up in a short space of time and I presume with actors as well like it's hard to schedule <laughs> like shoot yeah. like that and get yeah. and have everything work and have everyone yeah. you want in the right place at the right time um so I'm just I'm just wondering like is there anything that you'd be like if we'd had more time we would have tried to do this or change this or yeah I think in the moment there were a lot of things where I was like oh I wish this and I wish that but the funny thing is once the movie is really taking the shape it is taking you know it's a long process of months of post-production and all of that then it sort of really feels like this is it this is the baby this is just the baby that comes out of me you know like this I guess this is the baby that I have to love you know and so of course uh, Scorsese said it once he said a movie is never done a movie is always something that you sort of leave you know because you you can never continue to edit of course you know every filmmaker is like no give me another week give me another week but I think me coming from the theater I'm so used to thinking you know what you know sometimes a lamp falls out of the seat like in theater a lot of things go wrong you just have to deal with it in the moment because every night it's live right there's no editing there's no doing another take so I think that I'm very used to just thinking this is this movie. You know, this is, I guess, feels like it has a will of its own. This is what it wants to be. But I do have to admit to you for my next film, the first thing I will put in my contract is more shooting days. <laughs> so of course, you, you know, you always think like next time, but then probably you never feel it's enough. So I feel that, yeah, no, but I'm very, very proud of what it is. And and I still like to watch it. With my first film, I had it like after a couple of times, I was like, ah, but I still really enjoy watching uh, bodies and I still, because it's funny. So it's, and I still laugh because the actors are so funny. Yeah. And like the, the beats that are it, like, it's, it's perfect. And I think it's a perfect post COVID film, but thank you so much for chatting with us. It was, it was, it was a joy. Thank you so much. You're lovely. You're absolutely lovely. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you.